Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. All right, welcome to Simple Church today. You feeling good? All right, good to see you. My name's Greg Ford, and uh, I am just uh, really, really honored and glad to be here, and uh, particularly honored because I just think so highly of your pastor. And uh, you know you know how you have some uh, friends in your life, and uh, you know, you think, if anything ever happened to me, like if I lost everything or if I did something stupid or whatever, uh, most of these people would probably leave me, you know, they, if I really needed them. And then you got a few friends in your life, if you're, if you're lucky, uh, or I should say blessed that God has brought into your life that you're like, man, if, if all this went away, I think this person would still care for me. Aaron's one of those guys, and he's just, uh, he's a wonderful person. If you're here and you're new, and this is your first time here, uh, he'll be back next week, so come back, all right? You got to come back. Don't let me scare you away, all right? He'll be back. So, uh, man, just really, really glad to be here and just love the atmosphere here. God's doing something cool. Um, I've been in a lot of churches over my lifetime, and, you know, you can tell almost right away if you're welcome or not. You know what I'm saying? You've been in a place, you're like, you know, I think these guys know a lot about God, but I'm not sure if they want me here. Well, you guys just, I can tell you want people here, that you can be accepted as you are. And, um, you know, with all the crazy stuff going on in our nation right now, uh, there's got to be a place that no matter who you are, no matter what race you are, no matter what your socioeconomic standing, no matter what your past, that you can roll in just as you are and be welcomed with open arms and love like a brother or sister. And the church is the place, and Simple Church is, is that kind of body of believers. It's not institution, it's a living organism, breathing. And uh, I was thinking this week when I was just watching all of this death on the screen and feeling pain uh, all the way around uh, from people losing their lives at the hands of police to policemen losing their lives and all that's going on, I just kept thinking about Galatians 3 that talks about how at the foot of the cross, we're all equal. You know, it says, look, man, once you come to Christ, it says you actually put him on like clothing and you're new. And now he said there's no longer distinctions. In fact, Paul was saying this in direct um, dealing with racism. It was between Jews and Gentiles at that time, what he was talking about. But it applies to any racial tension. He says, he goes, hey, man, he goes, listen, uh, you know, we used to be consumed by that. Now you put on Christ and uh, it's really humbling because the gospel is that I'm a sinner, and you're a sinner, so I don't have any room for pride when I realize that I owed a debt I was unable to pay, and then Jesus paid that debt, so I have no room to think I'm any better than anybody else. And he says, you're all now heirs, you're brothers, you're, you're brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, man, of all the division in the world, this place, this is the place that you roll in, and you get a hug, and you get loved unconditionally, and and, uh, man, I, I'm a big fan of what God's doing here, and uh, you're in the right place. Uh, today I'm here. Uh, I have my daughter, Ella, with me. And would you say hi to Ella? And uh, we're representing the Ford family today. My, my uh, wife, Shaylin, was not able to be here. 
but we have three children. So we have Ella, and uh, then we have Hudson. Hudson's four years old, and he claims to be a follower of Jesus, but we've seen no fruit in his life yet. No, no tangible evidence at this point. We're believing to see that. And then we have a one-year-old son, Miles, and they send their greeting today. So what's this fight business, right? I mean, that's weird. What's a pastor get up and, you know, train and fight? You know, is, what, was he all about violence or what? What's going on? Let me talk to you a little bit about this. And I have a message for you that I believe uh, the Lord will use in your life. But let me tell you how this all came about. I had this idea years ago, and and I, I realized as I get to know people that everybody's in a fight. So, you know, you, you've got your obvious fights. You have things like addiction. You have things like uh, uh, divorce. Um, you have things like right now the proliferation of Internet pornography, um, you know, that causes people to be in bondage or to be tempted. Uh, we have obvious things. Like if you grew up, man, in, in abuse, maybe you still deal with that. You're still fighting with that. If you were abandoned, um, if you've been cheated on, uh, if you're in major financial problem, bankruptcy, or you're really, really just needing a miracle there, you, you know, these are the obvious fights. And then there are some others that aren't quite so obvious. You know, it might be just even a, an opponent in your own mind. It's man versus self or uh, even something that would be relatively small compared to an addiction or something huge on that level, but it's your fight and it's a big deal. And what I realize is the more that I counsel with people, the more I get to know people, the more I realize that everybody's in one of these battles, you know. It doesn't matter how good you look. It doesn't matter what your bank account is. It doesn't matter what, you know, how many degrees you have. Um, everybody's in a battle. And I, uh, I remember I, I sat down with this couple who's in a marriage crisis, and I said, to them, once they told me everything going on in their marriage, there's a lot of dysfunction, years and years of dysfunction. And I said, hey, all right, guys, um, that's a lot. And God can heal it, and I believe he will, but you're going to have to fight. So on a scale of one to ten, you know, zero being divorce and ten being marital bliss, where, where are you at? I pointed at the husband first. He said, I- I'm at a one. And I pointed to the wife. I said, where are you? She said, I'm at a one. I said, okay, here's the deal. God can heal this, but you got to decide because I'm I'm, I can't want this for you. And you're going to have to be willing to fight because you're going to have to forgive over and over again. It's going to be a lot of work, it's gonna, it, but it's worth it. And I said, I want you to take a week. I want you to pray about it. I want you to come back to me and let me know if you're willing to fight for this thing. And they did. They took some time, came back and said, you know, we're done. We're throwing in the towel. And uh, it was at this time I really felt like God said to me, it's, it's time for you to do this. And so um, the whole idea was to uh, actually, cre- we created a documentary about one hour long. It's actually on YouTube. Uh, we have it on there for free. You can go watch it. Uh, the Fight Full Link documentary. And the whole idea was to get the attention of and to speak into the lives of everyone in the fight that they are in. And a few thoughts for you on this that I want to uh, challenge you with. And, and, and the first thought is this. Uh, the first question is, are you in the right fight? Are you in the right fight? I know you're in fights. But the first question is, are you in the right fight? You know, you're a human being. And you have limited resources. You have limited time. You have limited energy. You have limited money. And once, you're, once it's gone, it's gone. 
And some of the fights sometimes that we find ourselves in, it's like, I don't think that's really worth being in. But, you know, there are some fights, it's okay to just lose it. You know, you win. You win this fight. Um, maybe, maybe you're in a petty fight right now. Maybe your energy uh, has been directed in something that's really not worth your life. It's not worth what you're putting into it. And so the first question is, are you in the right fight? If the answer is that, the answer is yes, I am in the right fight. If you're in the right fight, then quitting is not an option. First uh, Corinthians, First Corinthians, First um, Corinthians nine, uh, verses twenty-four. It says this: "It says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets a prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training." They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. And look at this, verse 26. He says, so I run with purpose every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I run with purpose every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. In other words, make your steps count. Make your fights count. Don't just swing at the air. Make sure that whatever you're investing your best energy in and your focus and what you're thinking about and what you're arguing about and what you're working for, make sure that it's not shadow boxing. It's not a waste. Direct your energy in the right thing. And if it is the right thing, if it's the right fight, then quitting is not an option. So uh, let me tell you a little bit on this story. So uh, what we did is uh, decided to do this. I preached through Hebrews chapter 12, the first few verses. In fact, if you're here today, you have your Bible. You can turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, if you don't know where Hebrews is, just start right in the middle of your Bible and go right, and you'll find it eventually. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, no problem. We'll have it, have it up on the screen. Uh, but what, what I did was I took six months and I trained uh, for this fight. And then we preached, I preached through Hebrews chapter 12 to try to, to try to pull away some principles from the idea of a fight that really apply uh, to all of our lives, okay? So here's, here's what it says in Hebrews 12. And by the way, this is referring to Jesus. And it says, um, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great, a huge cloud of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes, look at this, on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disrespecting its shame. Or sorry, disregarding its shame. So he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, and then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. All right, so your fight, you got it in your mind. I want you to think about this thing. I want you to lock in on it, all right? The right fight. What's the right fight for you? You got it in your mind? I want you to think about these five, five things that you do as you're dealing with the fight. There's five aspects of the fight. The first one is the decision to fight. It's the decision to fight. You have to make the decision, whatever this thing is, I'm going to fight it. Um, Now for me, with this actual fight, have you ever had an idea that you're like, that's a pretty cool idea, but once you commit to it, now there's no going back. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I couldn't Say, hey, we're going to do this fight, start planning for it, and then back out. I had to be in on it. And so for a long time, I had to think about, okay, do I really, do I really want to do this? You know, do I really want to do this? In fact, what I wanted to do with this documentary is that, you know, I, I wanted it to be real, okay? I'd never done this kind of thing before, and I'd never boxed before. I wasn't some, you know, 
Golden Gloves champion, you know, on the side. I, I was a complete novice. I'd never done it before. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to find the biggest guy I can possibly find. Because think about it. If you're in an addiction or you're in a real fight, you're in some battle, your marriage is a one on a scale of one to ten, that feels like a gigantic human being. That feels like something that you can't beat, an indomitable opponent. So I'm like, who's the biggest person that I can possibly find? So there's this guy. I was worked out at L.A. Fitness Gym. There's a guy that was there, six foot six, 300-pound guy, played D-line for Ohio State in the 90s. And I'm thinking, this guy would be perfect. He would be perfect because, you know, when you see that, you know, huge human being, he's the most intimidating guy I've ever seen. He's intimidated me. But I thought, that's real. You know, I'm going to do no good to bring some guy in the ring, thrash him, beat the tar, and go, Jesus loves you. See, Jesus loves you. This guy's laying flat out. You know, <sighs> you know he's out. See, see how much Jesus loves you? No, I mean, I, I'm like, it's got to be real. And so I'm, I'm like, man, do I really want to do this? And I'm driving down the road. I was actually praying about it, and this car drives by me, and it's this guy. Or I, I thought it was a guy. He looked exactly like him. And I'm like, all right, Lord, I, I, I hear what you're saying. So then literally two couple days later, I walk in the gym. He's right there. And so I go up to him. You can imagine how awkward this conversation was. You know, hey, would you like to fight? You know, I was like, well, I thought you were a pastor. Yeah, I am. Okay, so but anyways, it was, it was weird. But I went up and I said, I tried to explain, okay, man, look, I'm always, I'm talking to people. I journey with people. I love people. And I'm seeing everybody's in a fight and I'm doing this documentary. And would you be willing to fight me? He's like, Sure. I'm like, dang, he kind of said that quick, you know. <laughs> and, and then he was in the gym, and, and, and then we start working out separately. We're kind of watching each other, you know what I'm saying? It's like, pick up a weight. He picks one up. I pick up a heavier one. You know, we're just, you know, we're on the treadmill. We're trying to outrun each other. And, but from then on, we decided we're in. We're going to do this. And so I went. I hired a trainer, and I, we took six months and began ramping up for this and training, uh, uh, you know, in this process. But here's the deal. Whatever your fight is, you have to make a decision in your mind. I'm going to deal with it. I'm tired of being bullied. I'm tired of knowing I need to do something about this. I'm tired of knowing I need to tell somebody about this. I'm tired of this thing kicking me around. I'm tired of losing. Because think about this. A decision not to fight is a decision not to win. If you let this thing bully you and you let this thing dominate you and you refuse to get in the ring and face up to the thing in your marriage, to refuse to face up to the addiction, you refuse to face up to the abandonment issue, you refuse to face up to why is it that I keep going from bad relationship to bad relationship? Why is it that I uh, have a problem with authority? Why is it that I have the issues that I have? And if you refuse to deal with it and you keep blaming everybody else and you stay in these vicious cycles, you have chosen to lose. And you have to make a decision. As painful as it might be, it might mean reopening a wound that was closing or had closed. Um, it might be facing up to some of your mistakes. The fact you were unfaithful. The fact you made poor decisions. But if you don't decide to fight, then you're deciding, you've passively made the decision to lose. So the first decision, and for some of you today, that's all, that's all today's going to be about for you. It's going to be the decision. You say, you know what? 
I got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of knots to untie. I got to go have some tough conversations from here. But today I'm making the decision. I'm tired of it. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of being bullied. I'm tired of being kicked around. I'm tired of being hurt. I'm tired of laying. I'm, I'm tired of not having the courage to face. And for some of you, it'll be the most courageous thing you've ever done to go have the tough conversation or to go face up to it or begin to say things and talk about things that have been hidden away in your heart and mind. But you say, I'm decide today, I'm going to fight. The second aspect of a fight is training for the fight. Now, I want you to think about this back to Hebrews 12. Think about what it says about Jesus. It says that For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Think about that. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I picture the conversation between God the Father and Jesus the Son about the cross. Imagine it. Imagine God the Father going to Jesus the Son and saying, All right, son, I've got a mission for you. Okay, Dad, what do you want me to do? I want you to be stabbed to death on the cross. Like you're going to pull out your beard and... They're going to beat you within an inch of your life, and then you're going to drag a cross up a big hill, and then they're going to nail you to it, right? And Jesus would be like, um, no. Imagine the endurance without the joy set before you. So what God the Father says to Jesus the Son is this, hey, sin is a big problem. The wages of sin is death. You see all these people you love? They're all going to die. And if you'll do what you need to do, if you're going to do what I ask you to do, in my power, we can fix it. And Jesus goes, sounds good to me. What do I need to do? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. If you're enduring something with no joy set before you, you're going to wear out. But if you set a joy in front of me, if you put a joy ahead of me, if it's good enough joy, I'll go through anything to get there. And because of redemption, because of forgiveness, because of grace, because of what Jesus did when he conquered death and he conquered sin, he looked and said, okay, to get there, I have to do this. And so he made a decision. Now, here's the thing about deciding deciding to fight it's one big decision to for the joy set before and then it's a bunch of little decisions along the way one oh you got to get that it's one big decision to fight and then it's a bunch of little decisions to fight every day hey i want to fix my marriage i i want you right now to imagine the joy set before you in your marriage imagine that thing at a 10 imagine the most intimate deep friendship you've ever had with your husband or your wife I want you to imagine what it would be like on the other side of this addiction I want you to imagine what it'd be like on the other side of these issues and so that's the big decision and then there's a bunch of little ones and we saw this with Jesus sure I'll come to earth and do what I need to do for the joy set before but then he was always going through something like every day. So you make that big decision, and then you're going to have to make a decision tomorrow, and then you're going to have to make four decisions on Tuesday, and then you might have to make about 25 decisions on Wednesday, and then you're going to have to make a bunch of little decisions. And because of the joy set before him, he endured. Now, I want to talk to you about training, okay? And, and let's jump back into the actual fight, okay? Training for a fight. Let me tell you, there's, there's like four different aspects of training for a fight. Go ahead, we bring those up. The four, I think I had those in there somewhere. The four aspects of training for the fight, first of all, is you have to develop skills. So 
training for a fight, it's, 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 you, it, they make it look easy if you watch boxing on TV or whatever. These guys, because they're, they're professional, they make it look really, really easy. And yet, it's, you feel like a complete novice. You feel uncomfortable in your own body. It's awkward. You're not good at it. But you have to drill and you have to develop. Okay? The second is endurance. I'm just going to tell you, I don't like conditioning. I don't like running distances. I don't like being out of breath. I don't like huffing and puffing. I don't like cardio. Okay, I would rather just, you know, lift a weight here and there um, to then run until my lungs feel like they're going to explode. You know what I'm saying? Stretch them to the very end, be, you know, feeling like I'm going to hyperventilate. That's not my idea of a good Monday or whatever. You know, that's not what I like to do. But that's what you have to do. You have to, there's no shortcut on conditioning. You push yourself to your limit. You stay there for a while in misery. You come back down just a little bit, and then you push, and you keep pushing your boundaries of conditioning. Then the third thing is repetition. So you drill, 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 drill. So you do it in your sleep. That's why when you watch boxing, they've drilled so much, it's instinctive. You don't have time when somebody's throwing a punch at you to think, oh, my goodness, here comes that punch. What should I do about this? You know, I think I'm going to duck my way out of it. Like, no, it's just... I mean, it's, it's just split seconds coming at you. So you have to drill so many times that you do it without thinking, and that's how you get good. And then the fourth is live action. So you can hit bags all day. You can do the pretty mitt work. You can jump rope. But when some other human being is trying to hit you, it's just different, okay? It's more unpredictable. you got to spar and get into live situations. And when you begin to do that and you begin to do those four things, you begin to develop what you need to do, what you need to do. I, I brought a little video uh, that shows a little bit about some of the training and one of the lessons I learned while I was training for this fight. Go ahead and check it out. Mike wanted me to ask what it would be like to, uh, to take a big shot in a fight. This little drill is one of my favorite ones to do to people when they're first starting out without actually hitting him really hard in the head and giving him a little bit of brain damage in order to simulate your body not working and still having to function when you know it's not functioning right, I'm gonna have him spin in place for about 30 seconds till he's completely disoriented. He's like, I want you to spin around as many times and as quickly as you can in 30 seconds. 30 seconds doesn't seem like a long time until you spin around as fast as you can for 30 seconds. And then I'm gonna have him throw left, right, left, right, left, right, as fast as he can, as many times as he can, while he's trying to keep his feet underneath him start to see why boxers start stumbling around a lot after they've been hit, this actually might be kind of funny because sometimes guys go flopping all over the place. It's pretty comical. I just got to watch it that I don't get hit though because sometimes the punches go kind of wide. So, I mean, I was completely disoriented. I didn't know which way was up, which way was down. I think he had to like tap me on the shoulder for me to even know where he was. Everything was spinning so quickly. I, you couldn't even see me. Don't puke right there. My phone's right there. I was totally okay. disoriented. And so Mike says to me, he says, look, man, uh, we're going to do this again. He said, you, you got really mentally lazy right there. He said, you, you, your mind was all over the place. He said, your feet came together, and you almost fell over without me even touching you. He said, I want you to turn around. I want you to get a solid base underneath you. I want you to see your butt, and I want you to throw basic punches. Go to what you've got to orientate yourself to do Go back to your basics, jab, straight right, and cover yourself, protect yourself. I didn't think it was going to work. 
but we did it a second time and I did it. I spun around 30 seconds and he said, turn around. And as soon as I turned around, I just thought about keeping my mind focused, myself focused and, and staying as mentally tough as I could. Got a good base, sunk my butt and went back to what I knew to do, throwing one twos, just throwing basic stuff. And when I went back to the basics and got a good base underneath me, I'm telling you, I got my bearings back within seconds, probably five, six seconds. All of a sudden, it all came back, and I wasn't. All right, we're going to, I need uh, some help from Ryan over here. Big Ryan, come on up, bro. How many want to see Ryan get a little boxing tutorial real quick? Give it up for. All right, so Ryan, I brought some gloves for you. These are my wife's. These are my wife's gloves, actually. By the way, it's really good therapy for your, me uh, your marriage to uh, box together. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, wives get a chance. Actually, when we were training for this, I was working on my defense, and I put the gloves on my wife, and I was like, all right, I want you to try to hit me as many times in the head as you can. She was like, really? I was like, yeah, I mean, if I can't take a punch from you, how am I going to be taking it from somebody else? She was in heaven. I mean, she enjoyed it a little too much. All right, give it up for Ryan here. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this uh, I'm gonna put this mic down. Go ahead and stand over here, man. I'm gonna put this mic down. I'm gonna talk through a few of the basics. All right. All right. So. Now, Ryan, how would you feel? How did that feel? Tired, right? So, again, think about that. We just kind of dinked around for a few seconds. You see people going 10 rounds. You see what it takes to condition. Now, think about this. Whatever fight you're in, there's a degree of preparation. you got to be prepared. If you're not preparing yourself for your fight, if you're not putting in the training, if you're not doing the work, it would be how stupid would I be to say, you know, I'm going to fight this guy, and, and I'm just going to sit on the couch and eat potato chips. And, you know, I'm going to go in that ring. I think I'm going to beat him. No, it would be insane. You would never do that. So in your fight, whatever it is, your marriage, the issues in your life, you think that you can just sit back and hope everything goes well. No, this is why we have the scripture. This is why we have disciplines, prayer, obedience to God, steps of faith, spiritual community, having the right relationships, having a trainer that's in your corner. So we all need this. And if you think you're going to beat whatever it is by just kind of waking up and going through the motions in your life, it's not going to happen. Now, I want to draw attention to the video you saw just a moment ago. Think about this. That whole exercise, we did that many, many times. First time I did it was when you saw it there. So disoriented. 
And the whole point of that was to teach me how to deal with getting hit with a big shot and how disorienting that is. And the answer is what? Coming back to your base. If you let your feet stagger together, you get kind of mentally lazy. You know, you're spinning around. This guy's touching you on the back. He, he says, look, what you do in a fight, if you're ever watching a fight, somebody gets tagged, you're like, he's done. It's over. And then all of a sudden he's back. It's because he got back to his base, went back to the basics, and your brain orients itself. It comes back. Think about that in your life. You get hit with a big shot. Boom. You find out infidelity, loss of a job, loss of a loved one. Somebody dies. Something tragic happens. Something you didn't see coming. It's a haymaker. It was a blindsider. And all of a sudden, you find yourself spinning around. What I see people do all the time is when tragedy hits, they get hit with a blindside shot. They become reckless. Their feet come together. They stagger around. They start, they go back into bad relationships. They go back into bad habits. They go backwards instead of going, wait a second, I've just been hit with a big shot. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go back to my base. I'm going to go what I know. I'm going to go to the truth. I'm going to go to the healthy relationships. I'm going to go to the word of God. I'm going to, go to, I'm going to go toward God and not away from God. I'm going to go toward the church, the body of Christ, not away from the body of Christ. I'm not going to go back into things and throw big, wild, crazy punches. I'm going to get back to my basics, back to my fundamentals. And when you do, and you keep doing the things you know to do and the things you know to be right, you'll come back. You'll come back. But that's the way to handle it. So training is the second. The third is fear of the fight. Fear of the fight. Now, it's probably not hard for you to imagine how scary this is. You know, I'm fighting this six foot six, 300-pound guy. I've never done it before. I'm going to fight him in front of 1,000 people doing a new thing. And, again, I'm in there all by myself. It was scary. And, you know, you start to imagine the worst-case scenarios, you know, my wife's ringside, and everybody's got a camera phone these days. You know, I think I'm going to be on Jimmy Kimmel, you know, for the wrong reason. You know, remember that pastor that got me, you know, he gets knocked out, spin around in a circle. You know, you're a YouTube sensation for the wrong reason, right? Um, to get beat up in front of the church or to get beat up in front of my wife or this project that we were doing. You, you know, you start asking the question. Everybody asks, so how, how are you going to do this fight thing if you get knocked out? You know, like, how is that going to inspire anyone? You know, you got all this pressure. And so I had to deal with that. I had to deal with the reality that I might get knocked out, that I might lose. And when I begin to think about that, the Lord spoke two things to me. The first one is there's a big difference between losing and failing. I want you to think about that. There's a big difference between losing and failing. Everybody loses. You're going to lose. You're going to lose sometimes. You're going to lose at work. You're going to lose the deal. You're going to lose the job. You're going to lose the relationship. There's, you're going to lose because you're human. And what many people do is they fear losing because their identity is so 
linked to what they're doing. So because they're afraid of losing, they live in fear and they never do anything courageous because what if I lose? Who cares about losing? You're going to lose. There's a big difference between losing and failing. Failing is not being obedient. Failing is letting your character fall apart. Failing is when God tells you to do something, you're not doing it. It's way different. So I came to a place where I went, you know what? I, I'm, I could lose this fight. I may lose this fight. But even if I lose the fight, even if I get knocked out cold, I won't consider that a failure. Because to me, the success was in obeying what God said to do. So when you head into a relationship full of fear of losing, you're going to go in with no courage. Think what happens. When you separate losing from failing, think of all the courage that comes out of you. Because you go, I, I might lose. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with failing. I'm not okay with being disobedient. I'm not okay with losing my character. I'm not okay with being a coward. And if I'm courageous and I do the right thing for the right reason, and if I lose, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. I'm just a person. I'm not God. That very well might happen. All of a sudden now you're willing to try things. Because I'm not afraid of losing anymore. I'm not crippled by it. So I'll go for the dream, you know. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll take the risk. I'll go for it because I know the difference between the two of those. The other thing, too, that I learned in this process was that it's much more important to earn the respect of the people in your corner than the people in the crowd. And so many people in life live for the crowd. What's the crowd going to think of me? People, you know, what are the people at work? What are the people, what are my peers all going to think of me? And then the people that know them the best, respect them the least, and the crowd admires you? Who cares? The definition of success is that the people who know you the best respect you the most. And I started to realize, you know, the whole crowd may be out there snapping pictures of me, get my brains beat out, and go see how dumb he looks, except my wife knew what I put into this. She knew why I was doing this. My trainer saw how hard I worked. The people in the church knew that we weren't, I wasn't doing this for self-glorification or to try to beat somebody up. I was doing this to try to help people. And so I had earned their respect. And to me, that meant way more than if some troll on the internet or some random person in the crowd who misunderstands me, doesn't matter. Don't worry about the crowd. You spend your whole life worried about the crowd, you won't do anything great. Because the crowd, they're just out there to sit on the sideline and call you out and pick you apart. Doesn't matter. I don't hear you. I'm here to live for the approval, first of all, of God. And second of all, to work and to earn the respect and honor of the people in my corner. So who has God put in your corner? Are you spending your life trying to earn the respect of the whole world and everybody that you really don't even know and really don't even know you that well? Or has God put people in your corner that you're currently disregarding? Let me tell you, their honor and their respect is much more important than the people in the crowd. And when I dealt with those two things, the difference between losing and failing and the difference between the corner and the crowd, my fear went away. My fear went away. Courage is being afraid of the right thing. I became much more afraid of not doing God's will than I did of losing a fight. You get knocked out, big deal. They give you some smelling salts, you wake up, you go to work the next day. It's not the end of the world. 
And some of these things you've been so afraid of, they're not the end of the world, even if they happen. Even if you lost the car, or you lost the house, you lost the crowd, doesn't matter. You keep going, you work, and you, you care more about the respect of the people in your corner than the people in the crowd. Number four is persevering, persevering, persevering. Persevering is getting knocked down and getting back up. It's getting knocked down and getting back up. It's continuing to move ahead. The Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. It also says that he endured hostility from sinful men. You look at the way Jesus persevered. Jesus persevered through some of the hardest things you could possibly imagine. Forget, let's just forget the cross for a minute, the physical nature of the cross. Jesus had people at certain points worshiping him, at other points calling him the devil. Jesus had the church people, the Pharisees and the religious leaders, um, treat him terribly. Jesus had his best friends deny him when he needed them the most. So it wasn't just the hostility from evil people. It was also friendly fire. He was stabbed in the back by Peter, who said, when he said, hey, I don't know him, the Greek word for know was oida, which is relationship. It wasn't just, hey, I've never heard of him. It's, that's not my friend. And Jesus heard him say that. So you want to talk about enduring. Some of you are here, you've endured people's criticisms. You've endured some things from the outside world and the way people see you. You've had teachers tell you you'd never amount to anything, authority figures, whatever. But then maybe you've had friends hurt you. The people closest to you hurt you. And you've gone through maybe even sickness and disease. You've gone through all kinds of things. We see Jesus. He kept going. He kept going. He kept going. And, and, and notice what it says. I love what it says here in in uh, Hebrews 12, you got to get this. This is so good because what, what it is, is it's perspective. He says, it says um, in verse 3, it says, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. You won't become weary and give up. Verse 4, it says, after all, look at this. After all, you've not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. You've not yet given your life. It, that, that's kind of like, have you ever had somebody when you were really feeling sorry for yourself kind of snap you out of it with some reality? And they're like, yeah, I know that stinks, but you're not dead. Like, you're still here. You know, like, it could be worse. And it's almost like Jesus is in your corner. And he's saying, hey, I know it's rough, but you've not yet given your life and your struggle against sin. You're not dead. Okay. You still have breath in your lungs. You still have clothes on your back. I know you, they promoted that other person over you and you were way more worthy of the promotion and you came in early and you stayed up late and they were just related to the boss and they got the, you know, the nepotism that worked in their favor and you didn't get it and I get it and I understand, but you've not yet given your life. You know, you're, you're still here. So stop feeling sorry for yourself. You know, the best thing about fight is you go to your corner every few minutes. And you're like, <sighs> you know, I mean, I was so tired, you know. <sighs> you know, and I took all these punches, you know, I'm in there like, you know, the, I mean, this is my first time ever doing this. There's all these people in the crowd. I'm overwhelmed. I go to the corner, you know. <sighs> and my trainer's like, hey, you're doing great. 
you're doing really good. Man, that was a big right hand you hit him with. That was really good. Hey, man, you're, you're ducking right under, you're, you're rolling right under those hooks. Nice job. Hey, 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 I know you're tired. Hang in there. Hey, hey, I know you're overwhelmed. This is crazy, right? It's crazy, right? Be in the moment. Hey, keep your hand up on that uppercut. Don't drop your hands. Don't drop your hands, all right? You're going to do fine. You're going to do fine. We have two rounds left, and you're going to make it. Get back in that thing. And that, 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 that's what your trainer says to you today. You've not yet given your life and your struggle against sin. Don't think you're dead. Don't think it's over. Don't think it can't be redeemed. Don't think that you'll never bounce back. Don't think that there's no comeback ahead. Don't think God's abandoned you. Don't think that it's all going to fall apart. It's going to be okay. So get up. Put your hands back up, catch your breath, put your mouthpiece back in, get up off the canvas and go back into the fight. You gotta persevere. Whatever knocked you down, whatever took your heart, whatever broke your heart, didn't kill you. You're still alive. So you gotta persevere and you gotta get up. You've not yet given your life and your struggle against sin. And the last thing is chapter five, or the last number five aspect of the fight is winning the fight winning the fight for the joy set before him he endured the cross in light of the win he persevered through the hard thing in the fight when I when I fought this guy I, we had to persevere a lot of stuff long story short the guy who I was supposed to fight pulled out of the fight three days before the fight who knows why I think he said he was sick or something like that but anyways he pulled out so now here I am three days before the fight who am I going to fight so I had fought a guy, sparred with him a couple months before, who was bad to the bone. Okay, this guy had been, he was getting ready to turn professional. He had fought like 12 amateur fights. And when we fought, he was way better than I was, but I hung with him. And as much as I wanted to get somebody I thought I could beat, I wanted to get this guy because I'm like, this is really serves the purpose of what we're going to try to do. This is, people are going to have to watch me fight for my life, you know, and here I'm going to have to, I mean, it'll be everything to hang on, which is how it feels in a real world fight. So we bring this guy in and for three rounds, I fought him, took some shots, gave some shots, made it through to the end. He won the fight on points, well-deserved, but to me, the win wasn't to knock him out or to outpoint him. The win was to endure and be faithful. And friend, let me tell you, the win for you is not just to knock out your opponent, it's to become a fighter. To become a fighter. No matter how good somebody preaches, no matter how great the music, you come down, some of the fights you're in, you're not just gonna solve them right here. Friend, the fight our nation is in right now, we're not just going to get one good speech and move on. This is reconciliation, forgiveness, empathy, love. It's going to take time to heal. It's going to take time. Your marriage is going to take time. This battle you've been in, some of you, you hear what I'm saying and you struggle for hope because Greg, you're like, Greg, I've tried. I've tried. I've cried so many tears, I don't think I can cry anymore. Uh, we've, we've already seen a counselor. We, 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 we've tried. I've tried. And, and I'm telling you, the win is not just you get a good sermon, a goosebump, you walk out, kumbaya, everything's okay. No, no, no. This is you becoming a fighter. You become a fighter. You don't just fight one time. You get up and you fight tomorrow. And that's the legacy that you pass down to your kids and everybody who comes in contact with you is we don't throw in the towel. If I'm in the right fight, 
quitting's not an option. If I'm in the right fight, quitting is not an option. And so a win is that you become a fighter. This is the thing about Jesus, and I end with this today. The great thing about Jesus is he never throws you into the ring alone. The Bible says that he comes alongside of you. The Holy Spirit, the word Holy Spirit, is the word for Holy Spirit is paraclete, which means he's there with you. He's get, picking you up when you can't pick yourself up. He's throwing your hands when you can't throw your hands. He's your defense. He's a fence around you. He's protecting you. So he never throws you in the ring and then abandons you. He's there right beside you. He's with you. He's in this room right now. He's in your heart. He's drawing you. You can feel it. You can sense it. Respond to it. Before I pray, I want to tell you one of the, when I, we did this series, this was two years ago, I was preaching this message and I made the statement, if you're in the right fight, quitting is not an option. And literally in the room was a man who was separated from his wife and four children, and he was living with a woman that went to our church. And so he was in the crowd, he's sitting in the crowd next to this woman who is now his mistress in church, and he hears this message and says, if, the, if you're in the right fight, quitting's not an option. And the Lord spoke to him, you've got to go back and fight for your family. He calls me for coffee. We get together. You know, we sit there, and he tells me this whole thing. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna leave this lady. I'm going to go back to my family. I'm going to call my wife, see if she'll fight with me. And he did. I remember looking at him. I'm looking at this guy, and I'm going, this guy has a serious fight ahead of him. I mean, it's going to be hard. It's going to be so hard. His wife's going to at first be a little relieved, and then she's going to have anger, waves of anger coming back. Like, I can't believe you did that to me. I can't believe you did that to these kids. I can't believe what you and she And I told him, I said, hey, hey bro, she's going to hit you with some haymakers over time. She's going to bring stuff up when you thought it was dead. It's going to be hard, but you got to fight. And he goes, I know, I know. I'm willing to do it. Today, that family's back together. They're back together. Now, don't, guess what? They're, they're, they're still fighting. But guess what? They're fighting. They're fighting. They're fighting. They're not laying out on the canvas. They're fighting. What is your fight? What is your fight? Let's pray. Jesus, we come before you today very aware of our limitations, very aware of the fact that we could get knocked out very aware of our lack and in our own strength Lord we often feel hopeless but yet Lord in our weakness you are strong if you're here today you say Greg I'm in a fight right now I'm in a fight you talk about the decision to fight. You talk about training and preparing. You talk about fear. You talk about enduring. You talk about winning. And you're talking right to me. I'm in that right now. And I cannot do this alone. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need Jesus. 
walking with me, empowering me to do this. If that's you, lift your hand straight up. I want to pray with you today. Just lift it straight up. This is just a, this is a response. For some of you, it's a decision to fight. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you see our hands and you see our hearts. Lord, we walk humbly before you, humbly in simple faith, believing that you're with us and that you empower us, that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us and empowers us. And if you can raise Jesus from the dead, you can strengthen our mortal physical bodies, quicken us, and cause our hope to be restored. Friend, as we, uh, I just want to take a few moments in our world that is so fast-paced to stop, to listen to what God would say to you today. I want you to process what's been said and ask God what he wants to say to you right now.